everyone, and welcome to the Forward Thinking Podcast. It's Chrissy here from CS2. And today I have two special guests, uh, which I'm really excited about. I have the co-host of the RevOps Podcast, um, and it's Brandon Redlinger and Jordan Henderson from Revenue.io. Uh, Jordan is the Senior Director of RevOps and is the host of the show, and Brandon is the Senior Director of Product Marketing at Revenue.io. So um, I'm really excited to have them on, and we're actually going to be talking about the operations around podcasts, like creating a podcast, what it's like, how you can do that at your company, and a lot of, I get this question a lot, and I'm assuming maybe Jordan and Brandon get it too, maybe Brandon more, but like people will always ask me, you know, how did you get your podcast off the ground? Like, what do you do? And um, I think that I can talk to it from the agency side, but I wanted, I thought it'd be an awesome, awesome topic for um, these two because they could really apply it to how do people do that in their everyday job? Like, how does a tech company do that? So um, welcome Thanks, both Brandon. of you. Thanks for having, Thanks for having us. us. Brandon, you, I want to point out she did correctly say that i am the host of the podcast just went, i, I oh, was about to say that. how much did you, you have got, to pay you, for you that? Yeah, just it was very <laughs> well researched here because that is actually 100 percent accurate brandon is a frequent guest let's put it at that. A frequent right? guest like, <laughs> on every podcast yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, sorry. That and actually, you know what is so funny about that? Before this, I was like, make sure you stay oh, co-host. No, this is podcast. this is an ongoing joke for us. I, I have called it out forty times. I am the host of the podcast. I ask all the questions. I do everything. <laughs> yeah. is, it is the legwork. I do all the. I write the agendas. Do everything. Brandon shows up. So so no, he doesn't get, show he doesn't get co-host things, credit. So. He, he gets featured performer credit. How bad? Featured performer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're like the, you know, the like DJ that's like, you know, featuring whatever, but I'm, then I'm, uh, Jordan's like the main yeah, star. Yeah, I'm Fallon like, and he's the roots. No, I'm just... Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> but then the person that actually gets most of that credit and the royalties is probably the DJ. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, I want to kick it off. I, I ask this a lot of um, our guests is more like how you got into operations. But I know for both of you, you have different backgrounds, one in operations, one on the marketing side and product marketing. But maybe I'll start with you, Brandon. We'll go to Jordan. But how did you get into the space of B2B Yeah, tech? good question. So I, I probably a slightly different background. Who knows? Maybe this is pretty common. But right out of college, I, I actually started my own business. I was doing health and wellness coaching. I was a certified personal oh. trainer, certified um, health coach, nutritionist, you know, the whole nine yards. What they don't teach you in school is actually how to build a business. And I thought, get your certifications, hang your shingle up, and clients will come pounding down your door. Not quite the case, except, you know, <laughs> far from it, actually. So I actually dove into the business side, ended up loving it, got so many clients, I started, uh, a lot of my colleagues started asking me, how'd you build your business? So I ended up teaching them how to build their business, and then did more mm. of that than actually health coaching. And then... Um, one of the, the the school that I went to, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, got wind of what I was doing. They said, "Hey, you should come work here." And I was like, um, "Yeah, that that sounds that sounds oh. good." They're like, "But we want you to do sales." And I was like, "Okay, maybe that's my foot in the door. I'll do sales." So I did that for two years. Ended up loving it actually. Um, and then 
after that, I was like, I, I, I still really wanted to figure out the marketing side of businesses. So I made the mm. transition over to marketing, ended up loving that too. Not sure if I'll ever go back to building my own business one day um, because I, I do love sales and marketing, but that's actually how I ended up in marketing. Yeah, well, I feel like when you run a business, you're doing sales exactly. and marketing and HR and, you know, <laughs> all of that at the beginning at 100%. least. But do you miss any of your health coaching? Like, that seems really interesting. Do you miss any of that? Or do you feel like you have, you do enough of it with just yourself and your family? Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah I, I still keep up with it, but yeah, not, not as hardcore as I used to be. Still go to the gym, you know, six times a week, so pretty healthy, you know, doing the whole 30 diet right now with my wife, but uh, yeah, okay. not actually yeah. consulting anymore. Cool. All right. Well, what about you, Jordan? Um, yeah. So, so I uh, prior to tech, I, I have a legal background, so I'm actually still a licensed attorney. I, I graduated law school and was is working in that field for a couple of years. Um, frankly, I got really bored very fast, um, and so so I uh, had moved to LA and uh, ten years ago or so. Um, I was working at a at a firm just across the street from a software company, and I knew most people at that software company by way of you know having lunch with them you know pretty consistently and. And they kind of kept convincing me to come join their their software company, not not as a GC or a lawyer ultimately, but I joined as you know what they call the community organizer, which is one of those like software companies inventing titles that really mean nothing. You're just an SDR sort of thing. Um, <laughs> it, like, it, like everybody there at some point's title was community organizer, like top to bottom, which is just ridiculous. Uh, but uh, the uh, so, so I actually took that job as, which was, you know, essentially an SDR job. I was making like 60 cold calls, had a, some small version of a customer base to work um, and, and just worked my way up from there. So I was, I've done SDR job. I've done the CSM job. I've done AE. I've been a closer. I've managed sales teams. I've managed CS teams, SDR teams, marketing teams kind of across the board over the past 10 years uh, realized a long time ago that I didn't want to directly, you know, be the VP of sales or, or be the VP of CS, that sort of thing. I like the operations component of running those teams better. Um, but, but having had the experience mm. of actually running those teams day to day helps me better, you know, manage operations as a whole because I understand the value of the things we're doing and integrating those teams together. And so I've been doing oper revenue operations for, for going on probably six, seven years. Um, since before it was mm -hmm. a title, I guess. I, at one point, my, my title was yeah. the uh, Senior Director of Sales Development, Sales, and uh, Customer Success Operations, which was, I think, like the... the <laughs> Quite a mouth. Yeah, it was, it was... If you go... It's still on my LinkedIn. It, it like, literally goes to the next line. Uh, yeah. And so, so yeah. I, and that was, you know, like, essentially pre-revenue operations title. And with that job, I was also managing the marketing team. So it was revenue operations. We just didn't know what to call it. Yet. Oh. Uh, and so, so yeah. yeah. So... It's been a it's been an interesting journey for sure. I think it's interesting. Both of you have been in sales roles before, which probably is really helpful now that you are working at revenue.io. I mean, you guys are building a tool to help salespeople and you have, a, you know, a podcast that's geared toward RevOps people. But I think, you know, a lot of RevOps is supporting uh, you know, people in the sales function or customer success. And um I I hear that a lot. So I had Sean Lane on the podcast. His isn't out yet, but he has a very similar story where he started out in SD, like running SDR team, SDR, you know, and now he's the VP of field operations there. But he was saying that 
he has a lot more empathy as like in his role because he understands like how mm-hmm. hard that job is, what they need to be successful. Um, and, but just decided it's not, it wasn't the sales part he wanted to do. He really wanted to enable totally. those teams. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, I think it's super helpful just to have done as many jobs as you can, especially if you're in operations in general, yeah. you should have at least some real world, world experience doing the thing you're running operations for. So you can understand the value, right? That's the, the most important thing. Totally. Cool. Well, I know we're on today to talk about the podcast, so I want to kind of dive right into it because I feel like there's a lot that we're going to be covering. Um, But I first want to talk about just the podcast itself. Like, how did the podcast, the RevOps podcast, like come to be? And whose idea was it? It was mine. This will be like the one question I get to to firmly answer today because (laughs) Brandon did a bunch of the legwork on this thing. I'll, I'll, I'll grant that. This is the one time I'll give him credit for anything. Um, yeah, appreciate that. Finally, yeah, finally yeah, getting yeah, the credit. The idea I was, oh, the, so, oh, to say it was mine is maybe a bit of a misnomer. Uh, Al, Al, Alex, Alec, who produces it, um, and I have been working together sort of like on the company's social media thing, on my social media over the past couple of years. Um, about six months into that, we were like sort of talking about podcasts that both of us listen to and, and messaging those back and forth to each other. Um, and we sort of jokingly, I said, oh, we should start a RevOps podcast called Scotch and Ops. Where you just we sit and like drink drink scotch and talk mm. about ops. Turns out that podcast already exists. They've only done like two episodes, but it already exists. Scotch oh. it's, it's hops and ops hops or something. Hops and like ops. That. That's what it was. And I was like, oh, oh hops damn. And like, ops. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. No, it was for hops correctly. Yeah, you know? I know. Like, uh, it was very disappointing. They've only done a couple episodes, and I was like, yeah, but they already like you know grabbed that stole name it. and so it's yeah. on forever. Uh, but but so so then we it sort of like you know it was a joking throwaway thing, and then it progressed into no, we should actually. We actually probably do this like see see how it goes um and then uh that was yeah. probably a few months before brandon joined revenue io we'd been talking hmm. about it sort of figuring out what it looked like um brandon joined and we decided to just sort of go for it at that point we recorded the first episode it actually was the first episode we ever recorded there was essentially no edits done and we were like oh this is great let's just do it um and and it's been it's been running since then and there's we'll talk about it a million things that happened between you know recording an episode and getting a podcast yeah. live but but yeah um it was, it was a throwaway joke. i have a question for yeah i have a question because you mentioned uh, that you were working on your linkedin with like your co-producer or your producer what does that mean like did you go out with the intention to like really spread some of your knowledge around RevOps? was that something you did yourself or was that something that you thought like with your like marketing team, oh, this would be a good thing for us to do to boost our brand. Yeah. No, that's How a good question. That um, Alec pestered me to do it for probably about a year. You uh, <laughs> would probably say it was longer than that, but it was about a year. Uh, most mostly because one of the things we talked about, we, we ended up doing after like six months of him, him talking to me. We had a an hour session where I wanted to understand the why. Um, like you know, why do you want me to be more active on LinkedIn? Why do you want me to focus on doing this? Um, and we sort of walked away yeah. from that with, you know, like there's, there's a demand gen component. Let's be honest. Like, of course there's a demand gen component to it, right? Like we want to, it's good for branding for the company. It's good for lead generation. It's good for, for everything for the business. Um, but the whole, like the number one rule we live by is, is, is I won't post things if I don't think it actually adds value. Um, so, so the main goal of it is, yeah. is to actually just like pr- provide insights to the world and do that sort of stuff. And, and I actually get people message me that all the time. Like. 
like, hey, why do you why do you use LinkedIn so much? Like, I just like wanted to share some stuff that I thought would be helpful. That's legitimately it. Um, yeah. yeah, and and, yeah. and it's yeah. been a good I balance like, of that, yeah. I think. You know, actually focusing on that. Yeah. I think that I take that approach with LinkedIn. I, I it's hard because like I I I don't I try not to like fall into this gap of like conforming into like what the algorithm yeah, likes. Right. I'm just like I just want to put some good content out there. The right people will see it, you know, or the right people who want to hear it will action it. Um, and so I think providing value is a good thing. Like it needs to be that. It can't just be like, oh hey guys, we're gonna start posting on LinkedIn and. Mm whatever, just do whatever you want, post a meme and whatever. I mean, some people yeah. do that and that's great. I love that kind of stuff, but providing yeah. value, I think, especially when you're tied to a brand. Totally. I, mean, it's, uh, I always um, ask, sort of ask myself, like, would I follow me if I posted that? And, and cause I don't, I, there's not a lot of people who I do, you know, really engage with when I follow. So, so if, if I meet that threshold, then I'm happy. That's good. Yeah. And then, um, Brandon, so you came on like, right. As like, it was in its infancy, but had you done a podcast at any of your past companies? Like, or have you like helped produce one or come up with content? Yeah, so actually, for one, I did do a podcast. I, I done two before. Um, oh, yeah, wow, back, okay. I don't know, six years ago, back when data was around the co-founder of data had a podcast. Um, him and I had a podcast, uh, really took off. I had so much fun doing it. And then I had actually just launched a podcast at Demandbase around ABM before I so we were maybe twelve episodes into that when I when I left and then joined. Right. Um, okay, I think I remember some of your videos from totally. it, but that's from, maybe that's what yeah, a lot of the videos that you were you share were you hosting either of these podcasts? I, I was. What? Why are you so surprised? I just I was, wait. I was, I was, <laughs> well, it sounded like your the founder was hosting the first one. I'm guessing John Miller was hosting the Demandbase one. Actually, no, it wasn't. Oh, you were no, Brandon was. Oh, I was, Brandon I was really was. expecting yeah. the, like, always a bridesmaid, never a bride situation. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, yeah. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, so I, I had I had experience with launching a few podcasts before. I wanted to do another one. And honestly, when, when Alec, our producer, was like, you should do the RevOps podcast, I was a little hesitant. Yeah. I was like... Well, that's really Jordan's strength. That's his forte. Jordan and Jonathan, the other the other co-host, um, who really is there just to nod his head. You know? <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he adds really good, helpful insights twice an episode. Twice really, episode, really exactly. helpful. <laughs> um, and I, I was like, okay, fine. I'll just do it. We'll see how it works out. I thought that it would be me joining the first few episodes and then I'd slowly fade away. But it turns out, one, I do actually have pretty strong opinions about revenue operations. Two, I was having a lot of fun doing it. And three, actually learning a lot while I was doing it. You know, yeah. So I was like, we, we might have something here. And before you know it, our, our podcast actually picked up pretty quickly. Now we're getting thousands of downloads per episode. Um, and I don't think there's any turning back now. That's awesome. Yeah. I, one great thing about the podcast, like you said, the learning piece is that, that's what I like about it. It was like, one, you, you're able to crystallize your own opinions and thoughts on it. It's also why I like mm -hmm. LinkedIn posting because it yes, kind of forces 100%. you to do that. Um, but also hearing from people, especially I, I like 
it forces you to have these like kind of mentor conversations that you don't normally have, but like, it's kind of, you mm-hmm. know, you're hearing what someone's doing, you're being able to empathize with them, you, but you're also learning something new, but in a really fun way. And like also understanding the person behind it. Um, so I agree with you. It just, and I think that RevOps, like you said, you're like, well, I, I don't know much about RevOps, but if you're in marketing or if you had any marketing role, like RevOps is really just enabling like the growth of the company. So you're, you're really also just, they're enabling you. So like you can't do one without the other. You need the strategy, you need the enablement of that. Like they're one in one. So I think from your perspective, you provide a lot of great perspective, I think to a RevOps person of like articulating the needs of what the business, you know, one of the, one of the things we ask on, on sort of every topic is, you know, like, why is this important to you? And, the, and Brandon being on the mm-hmm. podcast is actually the reason why we asked that question, because it, I, basically one of the things I want to show is, is if, even if you don't know anything about RevOps, you're on the marketing team, CS team, sales team, whatever that looks like, you have a vested interest in so many of the things that RevOps is doing on a daily basis, right? And if I went to you mm-hmm. at any time and said like, hey, why do you have a vested or why do you have an interest in marketing attribution? You know the seven reasons why you have an interest in marketing attribution, but you don't like you would say, I don't know anything about RevOps. We're working on that. And that was sort of what why I wanted to, which we got one review. I'll just put this out there. We got one review that were like, I'm not sure why there's a product marketer on this podcast, but he adds value. <laughs> and Brandon, well, after I read that review, I was like, all right. He has cling to that review. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For, for I never let that one go. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so as far as the, um, let's talk about a little bit about the uh, development of the podcast. So when I think of a podcast development, at least for ourselves, like, I mean, normally it starts with a guest, but sometimes we don't mm-hmm. have guests. and But we usually think about, okay, what is our topic going to be? What are the questions we're going to ask? Like, how do you guys how did you guys come up with that? Like, what was the, did you know, or do, uh, do you have an idea of like who you wanted on the podcast? Um, how did you do that outreach? Like, how did you plan out your content at least for the first few episodes? Yeah. yeah. So we, we, we wanted to do something that was a little bit different than everyone else out there, right? There, a lot of podcasts um, really revolve around the guests, which is great, right? Mm-hmm. But we wanted to set out to do something different. So instead of really making it all about the guests, it was honestly all about, honestly, all about revenue operations, but more specifically yeah. how we can add value to the day-to-day practitioners, right? It's, it's not high level. It's not fluff. It's actual really deep in the weed stuff. And we, we are pretty active on LinkedIn because we want to know what are people talking about out there? What are people wondering? What are the questions around revenue operations? We're in Slack communities like Pavilion or Wizard of Ops. And we're always looking at what are the conversations that people are having? And then how can we actually add to that conversation? And I think that's really why it's done really well. And we have actually started to introduce guests every you know, maybe five, six episodes. And it turns out that those episodes are actually doing pretty well. So we might do more guests. But that was a thing we knew from the beginning was we're going to start off with this format. We'll see how it goes. We can test, we can iterate, right? We can we can measure how things are going with, uh, you know, limited tool set. You know, it's not like marketing attribution where you have, you know, where you're tracking all your listens across platforms and everything like that. Hopefully we get there someday but we're always learning and always evolving the podcast. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then Jordan, are you the one that kind of comes up with that like tangible advice for? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Brandon and Jonathan have each sort of picked one topic. Uh, that's like let's and so um but but for the uh to like the format thing yeah the tangible advice all that stuff and and brandon and jonathan actually bring a ton of value in that regard to be honest usually usually what i'll do is when we're talking about a topic i'll I'll write down in advance you know here's the three or four things that i think we want to leave listeners with like the value that i want them to leave the conversation with Um, because the whole goal of the thing is that somebody leaves it with four action items right that they can actually follow up on uh, what, I, what I've actually found, which is really interesting, is, is usually they leave with five or six, and that's because Brandon and Jonathan add one or two in that I hadn't thought of, which is really, really important. Um, and the reason this is, I, I used to do like a bunch of podcasts as a guest, and, and I still do, like, obviously, I'm, I'm, on, yeah. I'm a guest on your podcast. Um, and I used, to, I used to do, like, I still do a ton of speaking engagements, and I often leave them very frustrated, and not that I'll leave this very frustrated, but because... <laughs> They, you know, say they invite me on to talk about marketing attribution or, or you know, lead routing. We spent, yeah. and I have forty minutes. Yeah. We spend the first twenty minutes of, the, of a panel, you know, talking about how we got into RevOps, talking about my background, like blah blah blah. And then you get twenty minutes to talk about the topic, and I don't feel like guests get that deep dive that I really want to get to. You know, like, and I know that's it's still probably still super helpful, but I want to get way deeper into this, and that's because I'm a nerd, and that's what happens. And so I would always be like, God, I really wish I could have like, you know, got to these three things that are further down that rabbit hole. And so the the format of just having the same three hosts was actually pretty intentional to make sure that we could sort of circumvent everything and just be like, great, two minutes in the podcast, let's start talking about this topic. We're going to have 40 minutes to just hammer this topic and then we can get to everything that we want to get to, yeah. um, which I think it makes it, you know, sometimes a bit of a niche thing. Like some people start turning on an episode. They're like, I don't want to listen to 38 minutes of this. Like, oh my God, I'm sure. 38 minutes of attribution. Yeah. And they follow. But it, but it gives right. us the chance to make sure we really kick the tires. Because most of these things we can't really talk about in 20 minutes. We just can't. Yeah. And so, yeah. 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 We have a series called like Mops in 10. And, and it's mm. so tough, yeah. like we, to, to give people, but. I do think that people are yeah. short on time. So like we wanted to mix it up. Okay. If you're going to, we basically take one of our longer podcasts. It's kind of what, what you guys do. You go deep into something, but okay, let's just really, it's like your four key things that you wanted to take from that. We basically turn that now into some of our mops and 10 um, episodes. So like if someone is yeah. too busy, they're like, okay, at least I just know the things that you yeah, need to do. Um, but I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Um, but the, I, I, I like both. I think you're saying, oh, 38 minutes on attribution, Snorfest. But for me, I'm like, no, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. like, when we go through, we go through like seven to... different potential attribution models and why they might fit or why they might not fit. And you cannot do that in 15 minutes. You just can't. Yeah. Right. Like that is, no. is a dense topic. We could have probably done two hours. Yeah. On that. Easily. Like, easily. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And even breaking down the issues with like attribution, we can, right. could do two hours yeah. or, or, or positives, you know? So, um, okay. So then creating the content, it's kind of like a, you know, Jordan provides insights, but then, you know, it's a team effort. It seems like as far as like where you're going to source those ideas and also yep. your guests, um, then what does the production look like? And like, how, how did you, what did that process look like? Like, how did you figure out what platform to use? And, uh, you know, what was your process? Do you record every day at the same time? Uh, maybe Brandon, you yeah, start. So I, I think we cheat a little bit because we actually have another podcast 
that they've been doing for about six years, uh, Revenue.io acquired the podcast about a year ago. Um, oh, actually, at okay. this point, almost two, two years, years ago. ago yeah. Two years ago, called the Sales Enablement Podcast with Andy Paul. And they they have it down really well over there, right? So our producer knows exactly what it takes to launch a podcast, how to actually produce all the episodes. He has his editor. He has his entire process from front to back. So a, a lot of it mm. for us, Jordan, me, Jordan, Jonathan, we just kind of show up, do the episode. We use Riverside like you do. And then he kind of takes care of the rest. Now, I, I will say I do have a lot of friends in podcasting. Uh, the people over at Sweetfish Media, I'm pretty close with them. So we yeah. talk about podcasting all the time. So if there is a new tool, if there is a new technique, if there is something else that I want to try, we can easily do that. But again, starting from scratch is going to be harder than actually having someone who knows what they're doing. So kind of cheating. Yeah. And then Jordan, how, I mean, for both of you, but, but Brandon's on the marketing side. So he's like, I love this. This is marketing content. But for you, you also have your day job of supporting your internal customers. So how do you kind of set aside that time of during your week to really say, okay, this is, this is worth my time. And that includes LinkedIn and podcasting. Like what do you have like a specific like percentage of your time that you do per week? Um, and then the rest can go towards your yeah, it's, day it's job. a very small percentage to this. Let's be honest. Um, I, 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 <laughs> I have 15 minutes set aside every morning. So I start my morning, 15 minutes catching up on Slack, 15 minutes catching up on email, 15 minutes catching up on LinkedIn and, and sending out a LinkedIn post. Um, most days I don't post every day, but, but when I do, um, and then, um, I, you know, check it, you know, once or twice a day with the five minute check-in reminder, my calendar is very regimented, uh, because, because I have a lot of teams. Mm. Um, I actually manage RevOps and our SDR team at Revenue.io. So I have, I have multiple teams here. Uh, and then we record mm. on Fridays at three o'clock, which is super important for me because half of my teams are offline because they're not in California. They're done. They're off for the weekend. So I can't be bothered by them. And the ones that are on are finishing up their week and, and, and don't really need anything urgent, right? So that's sort of the perfect time for me to record. And I usually prep topic and agenda about an hour before that. Um, and, and, and actually, this is it's sort of like by default. But a lot of times what we talk about, you know, I'll, I'll let the team know, hey, we're going to talk about this on Friday morning and then I'll prep the, the agenda for it and send it out. Um, is what I've been working on that week. Yeah. Like that, that's very frequently how we pick a topic is... is Cause it's hard for me to get out of, you know, I mean, you're, you're an ops, you get it. I'm in my headspace on one specific major problem that we're trying to solve as a business for us. And, and in that process, I'm thinking of all the pros and cons and different things. And I hit Friday and I can't switch to a new topic that fast. I mean, that's just not the way my brain works. So why not just use the same topic that I'm trying to solve that problem? Because it's probably a great rev ops topic most of the time. Right. Um, yeah, and it's just top of mind, and I feel like it's so relevant. Like I, we do that a lot with our content. It's like, okay, what are some of the common things that we're doing for our clients right now? Um, let's just talk about those and share our learnings. And because I, I, I do like research or back things. Like I don't like saying like I like being able to like yeah. test that on a client, see if it's working. Okay, then now we can go to the public with it, not like, oh, here are my ideas I made up yeah. in my head. Um so 
I, and it's, it's likely if you're working on that at that time, you know, a lot of your guests are probably working on the same thing. And there's, exactly. I think even in RevOps, there's like cycles to the type of work you're doing. Cause it's really like, you know, right now it's around like territory yeah. planning or quotas and things like that. And, you know, and then that will, it, it has like some seasonality to it. I think even more so um, than just marking ops alone. But um, so I think, that's a great tip for people too when developing like maybe even your own personal brand or LinkedIn content, like talk yeah, about what if, you're doing right if now. If your business is having <laughs> this problem or in your case, your client's business is having this problem. Other people are having this problem too. That's, that's just the reality. We, we, or they are having the problem and they don't know that they're having it. So we always, we always talk about, I like to talk about like, how did I identify that this is a problem that we have, right? Yeah. Because most people, there's things that are like, oh, that might be a problem. I have no idea how to find out whether it is or isn't. Cool. Let's talk about that. Let's tell you how to go find out if this is a big yeah. problem for you. Right. One of the things that bugs <laughs> me the most about thought leadership these days in general, whether it is LinkedIn, podcasts, people talking on stages, that they're so far removed from the problem itself. Yeah. Right. So they're just talking high level. Mm -hmm. You never actually get real substance out of it. Or maybe th this happens in the ABM space, but like there's one guy in particular, he's evangelizing ABM. And when you actually listen to it, mm -hmm. right? I do ABM all the time. I've been doing it for years. I worked at an ABM company, right? Uh, you can tell yeah. that's not the way intent data works anymore, actually. You know, you haven't, it's clear that he hasn't yeah. actually done this in three, four years himself. So now he's going mm -hmm. and giving misinformation to people. And then people are going to go out there, try what he does. ABM doesn't work. And then now they're going to hate ABM, right? We don't run yeah. into that because all these problems that we're talking about, we're actually facing right now and we're actually in the weeds. We've thought through a lot of this stuff and it actually will be more valuable to the audience. Yeah, I, th I think there's a lot of responsibility with the type of content we put that totally. out there. I agree with you because sometimes I see things and I'm like, oh, I don't know yeah. about that, you know, but then <laughs> so I always tell people like it's less about best practices and it's more about the mindset behind those like mm -hmm. best practices, you know, like it's good to leave with tangible things. But I think really understanding like what is the mindset or what are the things that actually got people to develop those best practices, but also realize that whatever you see out out there is not always accurate. I think there that is a little bit challenging. But finding podcasts like yourself, you know, practitioner, someone that's why I, I love seeing like a senior director of RevOps leave a RevOps podcast, not just like a CEO of a you know your CEO doing it is going to be a lot yeah, different totally. than than Jordan. Yeah, they're not, coming they're not going into Salesforce and building yeah. some custom fields to solve a problem, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's just no. not happening. <laughs> Okay, let's skip out through. So, you know, you get your podcast going, you know, really lucky to have had a producer who, you know, sets up a process for you guys. Some people have to stumble through this themselves. Um, but I do, I would say for a platform, we just went on to Riverside and I highly suggest it to people. Well, but before we leave that so real quick, like, let me just yeah. point someone to, yeah. if they do want to start a podcast, uh, Sweetfish yeah. Media does have some awesome, yeah, Sweetfish. Yeah, awesome content about, yeah. it, it's like their 27 step formula, how to actually launch a podcast. And that's everything from what mic to choose, what platform, how do you actually, um, how do you get your description, like all that stuff. So if, if what we said wasn't valuable enough, I'll, I'll point people to that resource. Brandon gets a dollar 80 every time he yeah, says Sweetfish Media. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's $3.60 for this podcast. So. 
<laughs> yeah, shout out to James Carberry. Yeah. I I remember meeting him for the first time like five or six years ago. We had like a small dinner yeah. in San Francisco, and now I look at his business and I'm like, wow, it's amazing what yeah, they've and done. He's just a great, um, you know, salt of the earth guy. You know. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I for let's talk about maybe challenges. Like, did you guys hit any like hiccups or challenges or anything as you started or was it pretty smooth? Like since you had the support from uh, someone who's already done it before and having had done the sales enablement podcast before. Yeah. I, I would say one of the things that was, I mean, you, it gets better as it goes, right? And when you first start, mm-hmm. you have to just sort of lean into like, let's just record it and see what happens, which is interesting. And, and one of the interesting mm-hmm. challenges for us, I would say is that, Brandon and I never met until we were 25 episodes deep in real life, right? Uh, yeah. And J- Jonathan and I had met once, I think. And he, he I mean, he, he's on my team and reports into me, but but just based on, you know, the timing of the world right now and the fact that we're in California, we none, yeah. none of us knew each other really at all. Um, and, and which which then it's like, hey, let's jump on a podcast, have a good rapport and record this thing and just see what happens. There's a lot of trust that goes into that. <laughs> um, and, and we didn't you know know each other from Adam. And, and by the, that's one of the huge, I think, values of this is, is that now I mean, we, we met for the first time just two or three months ago. And then we met yeah. again. Oh. We've, we've now seen each other wow. twice in real life, um, which is which is astounding. But it, it's it helps you build relationships internally, too, which has been really nice. But but there were definitely some challenges with like actually recording high quality content and like saying things and not, you know, feeling like I don't want to say this cause I might sound dumb or they might disagree with me. I think on our, on our third episode, mm. we had, you know, like a bit of a, somebody said something and I was like, that's dumb. I don't like that. And then we ended up having like a minor fight on the podcast, which was great content. But I remember you guys sharing that. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's hilarious. Um, and, like, and, and after that, it yeah. sort of like clicked for us where we we're like, that's totally fine. Like if that happens, let's lean into it. Like we should People love hearing that. Right? It's real life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but it took us a little totally. while to, to sort of like build that rapport and that trust, which I think would, would was a pretty significant challenge at the start for sure. And then there's um, Brandon can talk more about the challenges of actually launching the thing because I'm just the talent, you know, I'm just the host. <laughs> <laughs> pretty face that shows up. No, it's, so I, I think some of the actual internal challenges were getting everyone on board, right? You have a lot of people who have a lot of eyes on you. And when you say, I want to mm. take on a podcast, I want to devote my, my team's time, some of my budget. Right, all these resources to actually launch in a podcast, you will have a lot of eyes on you in the beginning. And you do have to have yeah. some, you know, um, management expectation, right? And you you really have mm-hmm. to plan everything very thoroughly. You have to have very clear communication. So project planning is, you know, a, a big piece of actually launching a podcast. And when you can yeah. do all that, I, it makes everything so much easier because it really is just downhill from there. So just nail your first few episodes and then gain that trust of your key stakeholders, which I think we did a pretty good job of. And then now they're just like, do whatever you guys want. You know, you know? one of the things we did that yeah. was super smart, but also maybe a bit risky was when we first started, like the three of us, the host and, and Alec, we were sort of you know keen on doing this. We just recorded a couple episodes. Yeah. Like before we really did anything else mm-hmm. because we we, we kind of wanted to see how it would go first. And then second, yeah. then we had That's a true. really, we had a really good yeah. pilot episode to submit out to key stakeholders to get approval. Like, Hey, we want to do this podcast. Also, here's the pilot, go listen to it. 
because yep. it avoids the objections of like, oh yeah, we should do that podcast, but maybe so-and-so should host, or maybe so-and-so should do this. Like, no, we've already recorded this. Look how good it is, right? Let's just get that out of there. Give us your feedback on the episode and skip all the rest of that bullshit. And then let's let's yeah. keep moving forward. That was really yeah. helpful, I think, in us getting this like through. That's a great idea. Yeah, we did that. We did that at CS2. Unfortunately, I was like 10 months pregnant oh, wow. when we did them. But like we filmed like four, like three or four or something. I was like, we strategically placed like a, a laptop in front of my stomach because we knew we'd be uh. posting after I <laughs> delivered. But like <laughs> we, and looking back on them now, I'm like, oh my gosh, we have come light years from yeah. that. But, yeah. you know. We're almost at like a hundred episodes. Awesome. So it's like you yeah. you do get into like a yeah. rhythm, you know, you get into your, I will say for process though, like you said, project planning, you know, even with our production team, like I think thinking through all the tasks, making it really mm-hmm. repeatable, I, I will say for people it's really useful. We use our internal tool, ClickUp, but like any tool, like something you can use for actually planning out where all the steps for this and then repeating it, making sure people are hitting their Deadlines, the I think, is really good. But what? Yeah. Congrats. I don't, yeah, well I don't think people realize how much work 100 episodes is in my yeah. phone, so that, that's awesome. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, and, but what, but the funny thing, um, one thing that you, so I always have to, I say this story, but like I worked at like a startup before CS2 about like seven years ago, and I was like, we should do a podcast. You know, like we're trying to get a hold of like, you know, enterprise leaders and they have commutes and they're not going to go to our webinars. Like, let's do a, a podcast. And at the time, the CEO shut it down because he's like, no one listens to podcasts <laughs> like podcasts. No one does that, you know, and we, I always laugh because like if we had created the podcast. Who knows? Like they could have the top like security podcasts or yeah. whatever, you know, like something that people enterprise people actually listen to. But when you said, okay, coming with a pilot, I love that idea, having a plan and like really selling that to your leadership team, I think is is super important. Like don't just say, Oh, we should do a podcast for podcast yeah. sake. Like know your why, like you talked about, have a plan, film one, you know, I think that's all really good advice. Um, Because a lot of people say, how do I get this off the ground? Or how do I convince my leadership that we should do one? You have to build the business case for it, right? It it was not just us going, we have this great idea, we want to do a podcast. Can we? Right? Yeah. (laughs) Here's how this is actually going to affect all the different pieces of the business. And, you know, these days, Mm -hmm. I I really do think brand and demand, the lines are blurring between the two, right? And if you can get both going, then they just feed off of each other. So that's why Mm -hmm. the podcast and our activity on LinkedIn actually helps more than just getting our name out there, promoting revenue operations as a category. It's actually helping drive demand at the same time. Totally. It's also yeah, the, the pilot was sure. the pilot was partially for me because before we went to go do all this, I actually wanted to make sure we could, like, we were capable of doing yeah. a good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> because I really, because in my mind, it was like if we go to the CEO and the CMO and we ask for this and they commit to it and we get it all done and then we report it and it's just a dumpster fire. Like, oh my God, that's going to suck, right? I just wanted to prove yeah. that, like, prove to us that, hey, this is a good idea. We can actually do this, then go get it. Because otherwise, the inverse just doesn't make sense. Totally. Um, so, so on that kind of note, but this comes down to, like, leadership and 
how do you like kind of what are your KPIs that you are tracking right now? Or how do you show the I wouldn't even say effectiveness, but how do you show how you're creating that engagement or demand um, back to leadership? Um, because obviously they're putting, they're supporting you guys, you know, they're putting budget toward that. So are there any kind of key KPIs that you look at to really show your success? Yeah. So we, we do look at things like how many listens do we get per episode? We do pay attention on mm-hmm. LinkedIn about how many followers the, you know, we, we built our, a company page for uh, the RevOps podcast. And that, that was just one of the things that helped us launch to really help get get our name out there in the beginning, but we do look at that. Um, and then after we post every episode, uh, we do post it on LinkedIn and we're looking at those post engagements, but those are real, like, um, real top of funnel metrics. But we, we know that if these things improve, then there will be domino effects, right? Again, you're not going to be able to directly attribute any close one revenue to a podcast, but we've been around yeah. marketing and sales long enough. We actually oh, can. There, there's I mean, we can. There's we a thing that can. we're doing that, <laughs> that we can attribute to a little bit, which which it's it's more like influenced revenue versus clearly yeah. clearly generated. But uh, one of the things we do, and this was, I mean, it, it's actually great, is is we sell at Revenue.io, We sell to ops leaders, rev ops leaders, right? And so so very frequently mm. we offer, you know, like, hey, we'd love to get your head of rev ops on the on the podcast during the deal cycle. Right. right? Exactly. Because they're, first, it's a great guest. Yeah. A lot of the businesses we work with are wonderful businesses. And so so it's somebody we would want to have on either way. But what a great way to influence a deal across the finish line to have that person come on our podcast yeah. and build build a relationship with us, right? Because uh, this is networking at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Like, Chrissy, totally. we're networking, right? Totally. Um, and so, and I would, yeah. you know, some attribution to that for sure. Totally. Or implied attribution, I think is one thing Brandon is kind of talking about as well is like, you could, you can start to see like that domino effect, like getting, you know, more visitors to your website, but then also is your cost of acquisition going down? Are you seeing more organic, um, you know, visitors and so forth? Yeah. Um, and so I like that. And then also definitely like I think one key thing about a podcast, I think Sweetfish maybe calls this like the Trojan horse, right. but like actually, yeah, um, and taking that like person who's maybe your buyer and yeah. inviting them to your podcast because, you know, your people are people. Like you said, like you're, you know, you feed a little bit yeah. into their ego a bit, like I'll oh, come on our podcast, but still, like it's still interesting. You understand also their pain points on that. It's almost like you're doing a cold call or like totally. qualification call with them, but in something that they're really totally. willing to I, do. I actually did that in my, in my first podcast and I completely stumbled upon it. Didn't mean to. We had uh, a bunch of guests on, we had great conversations. And then the, afterwards they were like, you know, I, I like you. I, I kind of want to learn more about what you guys do. Explained it to them. And they're like, maybe we yeah. need that. Huh, interesting. And we actually closed a few deals mm-hmm. sourced from them being a podcast. So it was completely by accident, but I think that's a great strategy. And you're right, Sweetfish Media does um, it does really promote that as a strategy. The the other, and sort of, sort of tangentially to the, like, I like you guys, you know, standpoint of the podcast. One of the things we we do look at, I look at very closely because I think it's the hardest thing to do right now in a business is the podcast has helped us in recruiting as a business and hiring. Mm-hmm. It, yep. it's totally. in, and it's had like very totally. impactful. We, we've had four hires over the past four months that have said, one of the reasons I chose you guys over everybody else, I wanted to work with these people, right? 
and, and you're putting your culture yes. out in the world. You're showing people, hey, we're fun. We're having a good time. Like, you know, we're building something great together. Come join us. And, and that, man, if we can get one hire a year, it's worth the time investment because hiring is tough right now. It's yeah. so hard. Yes. So There's a huge impact. Yeah, totally. And actually people ask us, oh, are you doing the podcast for new business? It's like, well, luckily we have more business that we can take on. But <laughs> nice. we, the great thing for us is actually yeah. like hiring. Mm-hmm. You know, one, the people like understand who we are and what we're doing, but I've actually had some people where I'll reach out and say like, oh, are you interested in maybe being a consultant? Well, I'm actually really a big fan of you. Why don't you come on the podcast? Mm -hmm. And there's been like, actually, most recently we had one of them actually go, okay, maybe I do want to interview with you guys. And I'm like, yes, like that is, you know, that's a hundred percent. That's like what I, what I want. And that, this is full transparency for <laughs> yeah. everyone listening, but, um, it's not a tactic though. It's more like I'm interested in them too. Like I want to share their ideas, get to know them, but it's just a, an oh, added Is this an interview for, for sure. our <laughs> guests to come work there? <laughs> yeah, we did, yeah, we did yeah, have yeah. a, <laughs> we had a guest, I think actively try to poach me on a, on a podcast episode. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's a bit bold i feel the um, the, the one other okay. benefit the la- la- yeah. last one i'll say is we've actually built co-marketing relationships yeah. with with companies yeah. where, right we had again maybe slightly cheating john miller on the podcast you know of marketo fame mm, mm-hmm. um I say slightly cheating yeah. because you know he hired me as the first hire over at engageo um so easy to get him on the podcast but we've had other people where yeah. yeah we've we've actually done content with them or i've done a webinar with them um and it's a great way to just again get in the door prove that you would be a great partner that you have value to add to the community and it's like when you approach them after and say hey do you want to do this webinar or do you want to collaborate on this ebook they're going to say yeah you were great to work with before on the podcast sure why not i'd be willing to do that yeah for sure that's our one thing we have in common. We both work for Oh, there John you Miller. go. I didn't, see, I didn't know that. <laughs> the OG yeah. content uh, creator. Right. Um, yeah, I, was, I worked in marketing ops at Marketo way, way, way back nice. in awesome. the day. Um, so, okay, one final question, because I know we only have a few minutes left, but I want to talk about promotion because, yes, you could just have your podcast, but how do you promote the thing and like how do you share that responsibility because i know jordan you share on linkedin i see your videos come up but what's kind of like your plan for promotion what are the channels that you use and what's most effective maybe we'll start with jordan first and then go to brandon yeah i mean uh, personally i do linkedin is for me like the biggest thing right and and um building your linkedin following like if you think hey i might start a podcast in two years or a year start building your linkedin following now because it's it's one of the biggest yeah. ways to promote it by the way just add value whatever like it's just important yeah. Um, we had a pretty big promotional plan. Like we went around like a, a pretty big launch strategy with ours, with our podcast right. in general. And so mm. we, we launched five episodes on the same day just because we wanted to give people, Hey, not just a 30 yeah. minute teaser, but here's full, like binge this, right. We did that Netflix approach, like binge that first season right away. Yeah. Um, sort of drop. I remember you guys did that and I thought, wow, that's such a smart yeah, idea. Because one of the things that helps you with promotions is, is, you know, like the more downloads you have in that first day, it, it, it it raises your exposure. And so the more episodes you have, the more downloads you get, which is, which is an interesting thing. Also kind of rough because yeah. recording five episodes and then dumping them all in one day really sucks for the old like backfill of upcoming episodes. Yeah. But it's, it's worth doing. 
Um, we did because we're you know it's the RevOps podcast by Revenue IO. We we did email campaigns out to our you know, our base here, our email engaged base, our marketing nurture base at, at, at the company, um, and then we had you know internal you know reviews where we were reaching out to people like, hey, please listen to this. Uh, we also you know had a pretty big mm-hmm. campaign around emailing friends and family, hey, go listen to this, like get it out. We just we. And we had like what five spreadsheets of like things that people had to go do, yeah, like exactly. me and you specifically on launch day. Yeah, yeah, yeah Asana and spreadsheets marks. around like the, the different components of that campaign. But I think the two biggest were the email marketing and then the uh, the social engagement would would be our top things. Um, the trick is launching like the LinkedIn page and the podcast and all those things on the same day so that nobody gets a sneak peek or sees anything in advance. So that way it actually can be like a proper announcement. And then coordinating efforts to get you know. Our CEO was posting about it. Our CMO was posting about it. We had other people, other companies that were, you know, partnerships posting about it. All that has to happen at a synchronized time on the launch day. Um, Within and, a few days. And, yeah. I, and I, I sound like I'm taking credit for this. I basically was the guy that was like, write my post and I'll put it up on launch day. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, Brandon and Alec really took care of the rest of it. I also, by the way, I wrote my own post. Thank you, but. Uh, everything else. He's, he's yeah, I, I do appreciate that from Jordan. He's good about writing his own posts. I actually for other people. people write them for me. So I, I thank you. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, Brandon can talk more about yeah. all of that, but it was a, it was a very complex launch strategy. And then the ongoing promotion is mostly on social. Yeah. And, and some of the other things that we did too, like I mentioned, we created a, um, a company page for the RevOps podcast and then added ourselves as, you know, working there as hosts. So that shows up in all of uh, our, our contacts feeds. Jordan started a new job as the host of the RevOps podcast. Now everyone will go check that out, right? We did blog posts around the top seven sales podcasts to listen to. Of course, we're going to put our own in there, <laughs> right? We did all five episodes, baby. Get it all, five, all five of those. Go Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, even created slide shares where it's already got a few thousand views on the slide share itself. Like, even though people like who knew that slide share was still a thing, but you know, you, yeah. you get a hundred here, a hundred there. And before you know it, it, it really added up. I think our, our goal was to hit like a thousand downloads in the first 30 days. We blew that out of the yeah. water or just like a week or something wow. before we got a, our first thousand downloads and, and just big coordinated effort. A lot of, a lot of little things really added up. Yeah, that's, I, that's amazing. First of all, congratulations to you guys. Um, but I think uh, one thing to take away from that is just like, really maximizing on all of your different channels. And, and a lot of that are not paid mm-hmm. channels, right? Like you said, it's like, you know, taking advantage of the audiences you already have, your personal brand, audi- you know, followers, uh, you know, tapping into some like micro influencers, yep. like other people who are, you know, active on LinkedIn. And I, I think, like you said, all those things together, because one thing I think is successful for promotion is just someone seen in multiple places, right? You can't just get someone's attention through one thing. It needs to be like all over the place or, and that's why I love like LinkedIn takeovers and things like that. Surround sound. um, Yeah. Figure out how to make, not just, you know, entertain your base, but make them feel like they're a part of the conversation. That that for us has been a huge piece of promotion. We we do a segment at the end of every episode called this week on LinkedIn. And, And what we do is we solicit, like people send me, you know, I get 10 or 15 questions a week from people saying, Hey, can you help me with this? Can you help me with this? 
and and we actually ask those questions on the podcast and answer them for for that person oh, so they're actually oh, you know nice, like yeah. you're not just linkedin messaging me and i do send them a response and then i say hey by the way we used your question here like i read it i said your name like blah 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 right um and and we've gotten so many of those questions now because people are so engaged with this content that we now do full episodes where we do nothing but answer linkedin questions because we we need to get to all of them because it's very exciting right but the idea there is is this isn't me just preaching at you. This is a conversation and, and everybody's a part of this conversation. It's not exactly. just us, right? Um, and that's super important for creating back to, you know, Chrissy, what you said, like the micro-influencers, right? If I answer your question mm-hmm. that you send me, you're much more likely to post about that and tag us in it, which is wonderful for us. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that goes all the yes. way back to what we talked about in the beginning, just adding value to the audience, right? Yeah. Engaging mm-hmm. with other people in the RevOps community um, and really giving back. Because for us, it goes back to the community, right? It's, yeah. it's not about Jordan. It's not about me. Sorry, Jordan. It's not about you. It's not even about revenue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not even about revenue.io. But the more that we can do to actually support other RevOps professionals, the more we're all just going to be successful, right? So it's, it's the you know, rising totally. tide lifts all boats you know, mentality. Yeah, I love that. That's great. That's a great thing to end on. So I I feel like I could have kept going, but we're definitely kind of running out of time here. But the last thing, what's next for the RevOps podcast? Uh, 301 series. So so we did the 101 series, which is like, what are things? How do you do do them? How do you do marketing attribution? How do you... Just definition. Right, definitions. This is what this is. is. These are the things... Uh, 201 series is really metrics driven. So going back to those things, how to identify if there's a problem, you know, like diagnostic metrics that you can use to figure out where problems are in your business. Uh, 301 series is going to be more case studies and examples. And so bringing on more guests and like, hey, here's here's how they diagnosed this problem. Here's the success story of how they fixed it moving forward. So that way people can take what they've learned in the first, you know, 101s and 201s and actually implement it the same way people have in, in real world scenarios. So um, okay. Which doesn't sound as exciting as it's going to be. I promise. It's going to. It's going to be. Awesome. Yeah. No, it sounds. Yeah. yeah. Brandon doesn't <laughs> know this, great. by the way. I totally. I make up the to like, I I do this on the back end, and then I'm like, hey, by the way, we're starting the 301 series, day. and they're like, cool. What is that? I got it all taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's so funny. I well, it was a blast having you guys on today. So thank you so much for uh, joining joining today. Um, so if you guys want to find the RevOps podcast, you can find it on all of yeah. pretty much the normal podcast players. Um, and or you could check out revenue.io. Um, and we will be linking to Jordan and Brandon's uh, LinkedIn profiles in the description. So if you want, go follow them. They share a lot of great content. I follow both of them. Um, and you know, learn some best practices, my least favorite word I said, (laughs) but you know, you guys do have a lot of great thought leadership, um, out there. And so highly suggest following them and, and you'll get some tidbits from the podcast, just following them. So, um, yeah, thanks so much for joining. Hopefully this has inspired some of you all to feel like you can support and enable your team to maybe build a podcast or maybe start your own, who knows, you know, (laughs) the more the merrier, but, um, yeah, if you enjoyed this episode of forward thinking, feel free to share it with your friends and colleagues and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Christine. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having us, Christine.